Welcome back to the Archie Sonic Digest, and we are hot off the heels of Worlds Unite. A lot has happened. The multiverse has been reformed, if you want to think of it like that. But we've got some other things to worry about first. Like I said, the Shattered World Crisis is nowhere near close to being dealt with. So we're gonna we're gonna get back to the old grind, the usual, the and not and then just ignore the the cliff we're about to face. Just we don't need to worry about that right now. Just we're having yeah, fun. Yeah, yeah, we're just having fun. Cliff, what cliff? Cliffs don't exist. They're not real. They can't hurt you. No, it's not real. We'll be starting off, uh, we're starting off a little basic today. The first story is actually going to be a Sonic origin story called Castaway from Sonic Super Digest 15. Ian Flynn wrote, and Adam Bryce Thomas does the art, and we're focusing on one of the new characters, Razor. Yeah, uh, it's not a super complex story, but, uh, it does give him a little bit more background, which, you know, I know Ian is trying to very hardly build up the general world of, uh, the reboot. And I think that this does a solid job of adding to a minor character with a decent design. So I'm I'm all for it. So we start off with uh, Sonic. He's hanging out with Razor. He's surfing at the bay. And uh, Razor says that Sonic's got pretty good moves for someone who can't swim. Oh, well, big talk for you. You fall off the board and you're home, buddy. And weirdly enough, Razor takes that like a little close to heart. But regardless, Sonic thanks him for the fun day. You know, all this Gaia temple hunting can really wear a guy out. Razor says, you know, thanks and all that. But sorry that the Ubistus Shrine didn't turn out to be a Gaia temple, right? But Sonic's like, nah, nah, nah. It's all cool. You wouldn't have known. You're not even from like around here, right? Razor agrees. He says he used to run with a more rougher crowd. Let's put it like that. One day we had a little bit of a philosophical disagreement and we went our separate ways and they made it clear I wouldn't be welcomed back. Very nondescript, I would say. Uh, yeah, but the images show a much different story with Razor having a bit of a, uh, let's just say a fight with his former pirate crew to which he promptly gets clearly slashed in the stomach and is thrown off board. Left to the fishes, so to speak. Yeah. Yeah, he's, um, hmm. Razor continues, uh, there are some cities and towns in the oceans, but for the most part, it's a whole lot of nothing. Not very easy to survive in these conditions. And besides, I didn't even choose to be at the shrine. It's just where the tides dumped me. Coral took him in, helped heal him. Didn't take long for him to realize that she was just as alone in the world as he was. One day, he decided to just ask her about the situation. Why are you out here? There's a whole city nearby, right? Well, she says it's Maripis. There was a whole lot of commotion when it was revealed she would become the priestess instead of the other candidate, Princess Undina. I don't get many visitors, but it's okay. You know, helps me focus on my duties. Razor says his mind wasn't necessarily made up on staying, but uh, after having a bit of an encounter with Mr. Personality, Captain Stryker, I made up my mind. One day when Stryker arrived to the shrine, he accused Razor of being behind a string of robberies in the city. But Coral says, no, he was right here this whole time, I swear. The striker's not hearing any of it, until one of his men comes into the shrine saying that the thief was caught red-handed in the royal treasury. And he's just like, oh, I, uh, see. Okay. 
<laughs> they leave, and when Razor realized Coral saved him twice in one week, he's like, all right, I'll stay and watch your back, because you've always watched mine. So Sonic, at the end of it, kind of smirks. is like, all right, all right, that's cute, buddy. When's the wedding? And our boy Razor's just like, well, no, 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 no. It's not like that, man. I swear. Sonic's like, okay, no, 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 whatever. Sky Patrol's back. I got to catch my ride. And Razor shouts, yeah, 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 that's right. You get out of here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'll tell everyone you said hi. And as Sonic goes, Razor kind of talks to himself. Says, you know, Cora wouldn't really want to do with anything with a guy like me, right? Oh boy. Uh, oh boy. Alright, alright. Yeah, that's a little bit uh it feels a little bit like old old canon. It feels a little like old canon. Mm, yes, yes, yes. Yeah, like yeah. Canon. Well, well, believe it or not, we're we're gonna kind of come back to something like this in the future. So just oh 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 wow, that's that's pretty wild. I I didn't expect that. Uh, unironically, I did not expect that. All right, so yeah, the rest of Super Digest uh, issue fifteen is just reprint comics. Uh, so there's not much to talk about there. But so where are we going to next, Speed? We are going to the world of Sonic Universe, and we will be focusing on. On our boy, oh, we love him, don't we, folks? We love him. We love him, folks. Silver the Hedgehog. I love him. You love him. Everybody loves him. Uh, so, yeah, um, Silver's backstory has never actually been explained <laughs> in any of these games. We're kind of working with a blank slate other than he comes from the future. He comes back in time to save everyone for some unspecified reason. And he's out to kill the Iblis Trigger, but that's only Sonic 06. We don't talk about it anymore. They actually took a pretty interesting direction here. And they just said, fuck it, we ball, and made a completely original backstory for him. And I'm going to be real with you folks. It's pretty great. It's pretty great. It is. It is solid. It's pretty solid. Yeah. Um... It's it's definitely like pretty interesting and and central to uh to Silver's character. It feels like the future he's living in is is it's still got that oppressive vibe that they wanted to go for. It we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. So, Sonic Universe issue 79 written by Evan Stanley. That's right. This is her debut as a writer for Sonic. Evan Stanley likes Silver, right? Yeah, because because there's some IDW stories um, that are uh, Silver-centric, and I bet they were written by by Evan Stanley. Of course. I mean, she can't resist. She. I know we mentioned this before, but I Evan Stanley is of, like, closer to our generation of Sonic fans who, I guess, feel more attached to Silver. There's another word I could use that I will never, ever say, but uh, if you know what's up, you know what's up. Oh. Oh. <coughs> Anyways, let's start talking about the conic. Tracy Yardley does the art as well. We open 200 years into the future. Uh, in Sonic's world, we are now in Onyx City, where we open with a shot of people looking generally pretty miserable. People look tired, overworked, and stressed. Wow, it's almost like modern society in 2022. Society moment. At this time, they receive a message from the leaders of their city council who are hidden behind cloaks wearing full face masks. Send a message out. In order to achieve prosperity for our future and assign goals, you must report to work on your assigned shifts. Our mechs are able to design and assist those who need guidance to their assignments and can be escorted 
to their place of work and uh, report those that are slacking off, of course. And fun fact, these mechs are designed after Eggman's robots in Sonic 06. Ah, I see. Good one, Ed. Good one, Evan. Good one. Yes. In the crowd, we see our boy Silver hiding, obviously also not wanting to be a narc, so he tries to run off, but a mech comes in, alerting that the teal-class shifts have already begun. Then a mech picks up someone who believes it was uh, shirking their civic duties, so they said, and is about to take them away. Silver wants to speak up, but uh, he sees he's also teal-class and will be taken in as well, so he thinks it's okay to do this just this once and uses power to throw the robot off balance and let the person run away. So Silver has a little bit of a backbone. All right, that's uh, definitely kind of cute. I I like that he's uh, just fucking around in the city. Uh, He scampers off after watching uh, the teal class worker run away and uh, makes his way to a hideaway of sorts. It's a nice little green area carved out within the walls of the very mechanized city. He also talks to himself because silver moment. (laughs) He says, all right, he's surrounded by junk and is like, all right, guys, ready to practice? Pulls up his hand to do like the little hand puppet thing. Sure thing, silver. (laughs) He's such a, he's such a fucking dork. He's like, all right, all right, okay. So he levitates a whole group of boxes and debris, and it's going pretty well until Silver realizes he's being watched. Someone is behind him taking readings of his energy, and then he just drops everything. It's like, I just, I don't know, who are you? And the guy says, ah, come on, don't be modest. That was exceptional. I've never seen such potent amounts of psychic energy before with these double dowsing rods. Granted, these are the first time I've used them in the field, but eh, whatever. But they led me to you. That's all I need. So Silver asks, well, who are you? Ah, my name is Professor Von Schlemmer, a scientist. And as for Silver, you, my friend, are the hero I need. So this guy, Professor Von Schlemmer, he is another Adventures of Sonic the Hedgehog character. He's like a one-off character that you see for like maybe two episodes. Bro, where is Ian going with these deep, 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 deep fucking cuts? Like... Can you, like, he was just like, I gotta come up with a character for this arc. Uh, fuck it. Pull out obscure AOSTH character out of my bag of tricks, and that's it. Well, that was more Evan this time around, but maybe, I, I feel like they collaborated, you know? I, f- I feel like there was a discussion, and then Evan was like, I need a character, and Ian's like, hold up, I got you, girl. I <laughs> got you. Pulls this, pulls up this motherfucker, and is like, this guy. There you go. there you go all all yours silver is just like hey wait a minute you're from the science center aren't you i don't want to get wrapped up with anything from you guys i've heard the stories but slammer says no your power is what's needed to counter the genesis portals uh what what was that but they figure out the hard way one of them opens underneath them and they all fall in so as they fall Professor Devil's down silver, you and your power, you're needed to close this portal. And then the two of them are beginning to get reached out and grabbed by shadowy hands. And again, he tells silver, use your power to fend these things off. But he tries to say, no, 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 my powers don't work like that. I can only grab things. But Professor says, no, listen, it will work. Just trust me on this. So he creates a little ball of energy and it's able to dissolve the shadowed hands around him and Schlemmer, flies up and out of the portal, back to solid ground. And then, with his ESP, he's able to close the portal. A feat which the professor says was pretty great. 
Although our boy's a little winded. But regardless, Professor comes in and bear hugs him. It was way more than I could have calculated from your parts. But the rift was way more powerful, too. At this rate, we may not be able to heal the Alamanes in the Spatial Matrix. Uh, English, please? Reality, as we know it, is about to be kaput. Hmm. I mean, this is kind of interesting. We we got some reality tearing portals going on here. We got some uh we got we got some 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 shifting. We have some uh time eater looking motherfuckers kind of just, you know, lurking around. Schlemmer says, "All right, let's go to the science center. We'll talk to the council about the situation." But Silver says, "Oh, no 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 no. I'm not going. People like me with powers, they go there and they never come out." But the professor says, oh, pff, come on, that's ridiculous. The council keeps everything secure. Besides, reality is in danger, and you just proved you can save it. So you're going to save the universe whether you like it or not. Meanwhile, we see the council in question. They're seemingly conducting experiments on the Genesis portals. They managed to open one, and now they want to focus on localizing it. But one of them, one with five dots on their mask, says that the portal that they opened seemed like it was forcefully closed. That didn't happen with the other ones. But the rest just say, nope, it's an outlier. Disregard it. But uh, Five Dotted Masks thinks to themselves that not much time is left as they turn around and they look upon some kind of gate, which... Also happens to be modeled after the time gates in Sonic Generations. Very nice. Very, very fun. All right. And that is the end of Sonic Universe issue 79. Decent start, but, you know, uh, we got to we gotta build to the to the action. So uh, let's step into Sonic Universe issue 80. Oh, my God. 80 issues of this. Keeps going on and on and on. So Stanley wrote and Yardley did the art. We open on the professor. He's recounting his encounter with Silver and the Genesis portals to the city council. But again, they're disregarding him for his crackpot theories. But he says, no, no, no. I have proof this time. Shoves the whiteborn away, revealing Silver. All right, demonstrate your power to them. But uh, he is uh, really hesitant to do so for reasons we already explained. So as a result, Counselor's just like, no, okay, we've had enough of this. Do not bother us again. And he walks away a little dejected. But when Silver tries to follow him and reach out, a voice rings in his head, saying, if you really do have the power to stop this, return tonight. So Silver will ignore that for now. And he catches up to the professor saying, hey, I'm sorry for freezing up that there. But he's just like, no, 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 I understand. Professor von Schlemmer makes a joke of himself as usual. Now, come on, don't don't say that. Nah, no, it's, it's not the first time, but I always forget how much it hurts. Ooh. Oh, that's just a little real, you know? Yeah, a little, little real of, uh, you know, being, being being ahead of your time and people not taking you seriously. Unfortunate, unfortunate. But they arrive back to his lab. The professor is sworn with these little robots called Bits and they all look like multicolored Sonics and speak in binary. And actually what they're saying is translatable if you want to put in the effort. Really? Yeah. Do you have any do you have any translations or no? Not on hand. I just know that they are translatable. So hey, listener, if you want to do a little bit of extra homework, there you go. Yeah, uh, go for it. Also important to note is that these guys are modeled after the Sonic Colors uh, multiplayer Sonic robots you use in the, uh, what is it, the Egg Simulator? I forget what it's called. Yeah, it's called the Egg Simulator, pretty sure. Now, Schlemmer says that these are all evolving AI with the capability of developing personalities. And they make a mean latte, too. So Silver thinks it's cool. You got any more events to show off? And he turns on the lights, shows off 
everything. Delicate laser machine, complex juicer, and my my personal favorite, the bigger maker machine. A demonstration, one of the bits turns it on and walks through it to grow in size and matches Silver's height. And then Silver's just like, bro, that's crazy. I mean, good crazy, not crazy crazy. Oh, why, thank you. Sanity is overrated. <laughs> Cute. It's very, very nice that uh, the, the professor has some wholesome inventions. The professor then begins to speak about what he's actually been working on as of late, which is a portable interdimensional portal. Summer insists that it's safe in there. He's been studying it. And actually what my findings have included that about 200 years ago, Something happened which affected the nature of our world, which, again, is the events of worlds collide. It's The shattering caused rips in space-time, and these Genesis portals basically are the tears of the shattered pieces. Now, that's actually kind of an interesting way to phrase it, because if you remember back in Worlds Collide, when Sonic and Eggman, like, did the thing, it did show, like, reality shattering like glass, so I guess this is a good way to visualize it professor says silver we should look into these i just don't know where to start these things are slippery and can kind of pop up on detective but silver thinks look i i feel like this is just too much for me i and he just tries to leave the professor to his devices but he remembers about the message he got earlier doubles down thinks we may have a way to help so later that night silver and the professor sneaking their way through the council's tower evading the security watch to which the professor thinks you know they really did go above and beyond when creating those machines such power yes but then before he can respond silver gets another voice in his head he has returned and i will guide you silver follows the voice their instructions with gold waves ringing around his head and follows the message saying that their true power will doom us all just know for now I'm an ally. As for where, look no further. And they reveal themselves around the corner. They're shocked to see that their guide was a member of the council. But after uncloaking themselves, they say the rest of the council cannot see beyond their ambitions. But they want something more. As for me, call me gold. Alright, so uh, how do we feel about gold? This is a character that has a lot of potential, I feel like. We'll, we're going to see more about her as the story goes on. And by the end of it, I feel like there was uh, a lot more room for this character to grow. Yeah, I like the design. I don't know what animal this is, but... I think she's a Tenric. Are Tenrix real animals? Yeah. She, she has a nice design. <laughs> she's, 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 hey, she's kind of cool. Yeah, and also, by the way, uh, Evan said uh, that this character is canonically bisexual, so take that for what it's worth. Hey, yo! We love to hear it. We love to hear it. All right, so Gold uh, wants to lead them through further, but very quickly they're discovered by the rest of the council. Very saddened to see that her thoughts have led her astray. She will be punished along with these fools. Very quickly, the three are then surrounded. Gold thinks to herself that she's an idiot. She knew that this would happen. And Silver is still connected to her, so he hears that with kind of a piercing noise. Silver asks the professor, Hey, did, did you just bring your not-so-delicate laser device with you? Oh, yes, I did. And he fires it on the mechs. And it happens to free their binds. Silver tears a piece of the floor off as a shield from the laser ammo, and he does manage to hold his own after fighting them a bit. But more and more of the mechs pile on, and they're just eventually outnumbered, and Silver passes out as he's struck in the back. A little time passes. Silver wakes up, 
seeing that him, Gold, and the Professor are bound, strapped to an operating table. And Gold is pleading with the Council, don't make me do this, there's something out there. She says, it's waiting to get in, but again, they won't believe her fairy tales and strap a control mask onto her, and it causes her intense pain. The professor says, what, what is this? This is torture, not science. But the counselor responds, this is for the pure pursuit of scientific discovery. Those in our way will be bent to our will. Gold is controlled up, and her ability is used to forcefully open a genesis portal on the time gate which the council call a rousing success. And now these three will be the first to plunge into depths unknown. It's the end of that comic. Uh, another solid comic. Uh, we got to move right on along to Sonic Universe issue 81. Uh, Stanley and Yardley, the creative team. Now the council says, this is, must be an honor for you. Many would give their lives for such scientific success. Such sacrifice to them will be a noble end. Silver tries to break out, saying, I'm gonna, as the council says, it's no use. <laughs> It's like we're Big Bang Theory. So the council says, you know, don't worry about it. We prepared countermeasures. Your powers are unpredictable after all. So they begin their test. They throw in Silver and the Professor, but Gold struggles, says, please, no, please, you're going to let it in. Then the two fall into the portal. The shadowed hands are grabbing them. But they accidentally release the Professor from his bind, but Silver is still restrained. So the Professor pulls out some balls out of his pocket these should help a bit, releasing his bite assistance, and they are able to free Silver. Now, our boy uses his power to fly them all up and out, but as they're flying up, they hear a monstrous roar, to which Gold's voice echoes in his head, saying that it's, it's here. In the depths, they see a demonic face appearing, and its hand is reaching out for Silver and the Professor, but... Just barely he's able to make it out. But when they come out, they, the professor sees that the portal has grown much larger, according to my calculations. The bits move to release gold, but Silver's feeling the pain she feels because of their psychic link. And he's, the professor goes to find the council, but they're not where they were. Eventually sees them hiding behind a crate, which Silver moves to block the exit. The counselors are insisting Onyx City needs us. We cannot be held here. Yeah, but you guys don't need a big hole in the world either. We tried to warn you, but this is what happens when you ignore the consequences of your own actions. Ah, uh, the council tries to interject, but before too long, uh, that giant hand pops out of the portal and smashes the room to pieces. But not only that... Gold turns around and sees the council petrified, whited out, if you will. Frozen in time, one might say. The professor says, let's not cry over spilled milk. We gotta go. But Silver turns around, sees the monster again reaching out, grabbing the portal and tries to pull itself out. The force of which throws the three out of the room, fall out of the building, and Silver Silver's able to catch everyone. But now we see the monster fully revealed the second devourer, consumer of worlds. Okay, so this is very clearly the Time Eater. Like, very clearly the Time Eater. Mm -hmm. But it's given another name. It pulls its design from the Time Eater, definitely. Also, the whiting out thing is very similar powers. 
Is it the Time Eater? I, I don't know. I don't think it's supposed to be the Time Eater. I think it's supposed to be, like, something akin to it. Did generations happen in this universe? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So that means that the Time Eater came from the same place, presumably, right? Let's assume that, yes. And yes. also, I will say that uh, Evan Stanley did create this character originally, and she actually brought it back for her Sonic fan comic. I've never read that, have you? I've read bits and pieces of it. It takes place in, like, it's a, it's actually a very interesting story. It takes place, like, a little bit in the future. Like, not Silver's time, but future of the Archie Sonic world. It actually, the big bad of it is actually a corrupted AI of Nicole who took over gun what wait 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 so what you're telling me is that this is mobius 25 years later but based you can think of it like that (laughs) (laughs) mobius 25 years later without the weird eugenics uh uh drama romance and most importantly uh indentured servitude racism yeah it's it's just ai fascism that's fine we can keep that yeah you we can have a little ai fascism as a treat of course another wave of energy shocks all three to the ground the professor falls head first and he passes out cold but gold says she can still sense brain activity but right now we're kind of in trouble a second wave is released from the devourer Silver is able to protect everyone around him with a barrier, but everything else around him has been petrified. Gold sees that it's happening again, all over. The second devourer destroyed my city, my original world. I ran as a kid and I fell into a Genesis portal. I popped out right in front of the council and then they took me in. They outfitted me, trained me, but in reality they just wanted a tight leash on their newest toy. It was all I could do to keep them from taking my mind. And then she says, it's no use. We we can't stop it. Silver's reply, it's no use. I'm getting really sick of people saying that. I mean, hey. The, 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 the Seinfeld synth continues to play. Ah, Jesus. He lifts the professor up on a rock. Let's get him back to his lab. I'm gonna fix this. That's the end of that comic, so already we went from 0 to 100, stakes are high, kind of crazy. Yeah, I mean, uh, I'll say this right now, um, you know, we're not really commenting on a lot, but you know, I think that kind of speaks to the story's quality. It's very front to back, interesting and engaging, and there's not really a lot to say. I I just think it's a really well written story. Yeah, I mean, I think we'll have a little bit more to talk about at the end and just, you know, put all our thoughts together there, but yeah, I'm liking it. I'm liking it so far. Yeah, let's see. Uh, let's see how we close out in uh, Sonic Universe issue eighty-two. Stanley and Yardley, the creative team. So we open as uh, Silver and Gold uh, are trying to resuscitate uh, Von Schlemmer uh, in his lab. Gold has an idea to wake him up, and she kind of like touches his mind, so to speak, and he just bolts back up. So he's perfectly fine, but the professor says. Unfortunately, we can't really do that much about the situation. But Silver, he's not in it to quit it. And the professor says, well, the portal that the Devourer came of, it's pretty big. There's not that much we can do. But Silver, redemonstrating how we can close Genesis portals, says, I'm still in it to fight. And thus, Professor has got an idea. 
He runs out up to the roof with his bigger maker machine. Professor says, look, it doesn't just make things grow in size. It amplifies power proportionally. Silver, if you step through it, you can be juiced up just enough to fight the devourer and close the portal off. Okay, that's a very unique solution. Gold is very ecstatic to see something can be done. So let's go up and out of there. But Professor forgot to mention that the machine's not calibrated to grow a person. It can be done, but I'll need like 15 minutes to, to work on it. Which is time that they don't have, but Gold has an idea. Once they get to the roof, they're not sure that this can work, but this is the best shot we got. So the plan, everyone will hold hands, and Gold will link everyone's minds together, including those of the bits, to increase the professor's brain power so he can reprogram the machine fast enough and get the job done in like 10 seconds. That's pretty cool, actually. I kind of... It, yeah, it's pretty creative, actually. So she's doing it, but she can't hold it off for long. And the professor's done. On my mark, Silver, go. And Silver head dives in first through the beam, but kind of looks at himself. I didn't really work, Professor. But he says, nope, just wait. Then Silver just starts growing, growing in size. Takes a second to adjust, but he's as big as the buildings. And boys, we're going to take on the Devourer head on in a classic kaiju fight. Fun! So we start with the Devourer punching Silver, throwing him through some buildings. He gets back up. When he realizes he nearly crushed some petrified people, he needs to take the fight elsewhere. So he chips off some pieces of buildings to throw to the Devourer, but it only makes him angrier. Right now, the idea is to just get him back to the portal, kill two birds with one stone, but the Devourer grabs him, slams him to the ground nearby everybody, and is near giving up hope. We can't win like this. Gold tells him the final message. Before she and the professor are petrified, please keep fighting. You can do this. You believed in us. We believe in you. And that's her final message to Silver. This gives him the courage to get back up, releases a wave of energy which blows the devourer away. He flies up, grabs some rocks, and just chucks them into its face, grabs the devourer by the tendrils, flies back up, and shoves it back into the portal. Throwing it in, he prepares to close the portal with the devourer in it, but then... He sees his body starting to shrink. He won't be as powerful as he needs to be if it goes back in, but before he reverts, he manages to finish the job, sealing the Genesis portal and the Devourer. Wow, he did it. Look at that boy. Look at that boy. Baby's first adventure. Look at him. Look at him. So Silver's exhausted, falls down as the shockwave of the Genesis portal bounces him onto the bigger maker machine, and he's picked up by Von Schlemmer, the bits, and gold as uh, they all did it together. They're all fine, turned back to normal, as have the rest of the city. And then as they're all celebrating, the professor laughs when he realizes, wait, I never asked your name. So Silver introduces himself properly, shake hands, but uh, gold's concerned now about the council. You know, they're going to be back to normal too. But the professor looks around the wreckage of the city is like, look, the, they're going to have their hands full cleaning up this mess. That's not our problem. As for the Genesis portals, we've definitely not seen the last of them. But Silver thinks that's going to be a problem for another time. I'm going to go to sleep for like two years. Uh, he calls the armchair. But <laughs> the flash of purple hits near Silver's boots and Gold realizes it's happening again. A Genesis portal opens underneath them all and they fall in through a Genesis portal to parts unknown. And that's the end of Universe 82. That's the end of the Silver Age arc. So what do we think? What do we think? 
Uh, pretty solid. Uh, it's a good story involving Silver, tries to give some depth to his future, uh, and making it not a desolate wasteland. Uh, so yeah, I'm interested to see where this could potentially go in the future. Silver as a character is always one that had a lot of potential in general. And it's nice to see, like, Silver's, like, future as portrayed in the game is always implied to be, like, this horrible apocalyptic scenario. So I guess it's refreshing to see a take on Silver's future just being like, no, it's not apocalyptic. It's just very, very authoritarian. It's a, it's a little little spice on things, you know? L- little little spice. Definitely a uh, a different take than one would expect from uh, from Silver uh, in that regard. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I mean, it was it was a solid arc. I I don't have a lot to say. Uh, I like gold. Gold's kind of cool. Uh, this gets followed up, right? I'm smiling. Smile. Yeah, we're, yeah, smile. we're just smiling, smiling. Yeah, so let's not talk about that. Uh, and let's move on to the main comic. So after the aftermath of uh, Worlds Unite, uh, things have sort of just gone back to normal. So let's start out with some bad dad PTSD. Uh, I'm sorry. I had a flashback to the before era. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Sonic the Hedgehog, issue 276, Flynn writing, and uh, Bryce Thomas on art. So we open, Sonic is with Rotor and Chip at Cool Edge in Arctica. Cool Edge, one of the best stages in Unleashed. Let's let's keep it real, folks. Let's keep it real. That, that music, that music do be going, though. That music do be going, though. So they're fighting the local egg army. Sonic and Rotor have them on the ropes, but... Sonic, just out of nowhere, hands up in the air, just surrenders. Everyone, even Rotor, is just like, what are you doing? But Sonic says, hey, come on, we're outnumbered. We just may as well give it up, man. Oh, God. As Uh... Chip flies away to escape. So... Rotor is just like, oh, okay, I, I see what you're I see what you're doing here. He plays along with Sonic and the egg army brings them in. They're brought to the base, which Rotor laughs at. I've got better tech on the Sky Patrol, come on. But uh but a booming voice tells that the anarchists must respect their elders. Sonic's like, ooh, anarchist, I haven't called that before. Nice. This region's egg army boss by the name of Tundra, arrives before them. The great Sonic the Hedgehog need no introduction, and neither do you, Rotor, my son. Yeah, so it's Rotor's dad! (laughs) Uh, Yeah, so if you remember the Sonic origin story on Rotor in this universe, uh, his father was a piece of shit to him. So, uh... Rotor is understandably fucking pissed in saying, you betrayed our village to join Eggman? How can you be okay with this? Tundra's saying that he was conquered. Thankfully, he realized that only I was strong enough to enforce his will here because might makes right. Eggman proved he was stronger. That gives him the right to rule. When you left, I thought maybe you were finally showing some strength of character. I see now you were just running away. Coward, still hiding behind your toys, still making stupid choices. Jesus fucking Christ. Who is this dickwad? <laughs> Where did all this come from? Hey, yo, this guy takes Max and fucking says, no, I am the worst dad. It's me. I'm the worst parental figure. Also of... 
Sonic, our boy, he, he's ready to fight for his boy. He's revving up saying, no, 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 no. But he's being held back. I want to teach this dude some manners. But Tundra says, you will not be shown mercy just because you surrendered. Take him to the cells. The cold will settle you down before we send you to the doctor. Rotor and Sonic are then thrown into cells. With them are two locals. And Sonic asks, hey, are you guys Jari Thor and Suryana? Oh, you are? Sick. We knew to come here after we learned that you guys were kidnapped. But when they try to talk to them a bit more, the couple kind of start to argue a bit. Suryana went out at night despite knowing how dangerous it was with the monsters and the egg army. But she said, you just had to pick up my slack. Well, that's what she says. You're the chief's son. You got to get out there and patrol the village to protect it. What kind of example are you setting for our daughter? What, what is this domestic-ass argument in this comic? What the fuck? It's a little bit of old Archie coming uh, uh, back. Yeah. Oh. Hey, yo, and he slaps around, and he slappers the chest. <laughs> All right. Okay, okay. So now let's get real for a second. Sonic walks over to Rotor, who is, uh, uh, so we're halfway through the plan. Didn't go exactly like we thought, but... Yo, wrote. I always knew my dad was a jerk. I didn't know he was a monster. The two sit and uh, just have a nice little moment of silence to let it all uh, sort of sink in. Sonic says, look, Eggman took over your old village and Tundra rolled over. Eggman took over Mobotropolis and you fought back. Your dad gave up and became a crony. You resisted and became a freedom fighter. I know it hurts, because he's your dad, but you're ten times the man he is. Don't let him drag you down. You're right, saving the world comes first anyways. You good for now, bud? Yeah, I'm... Yeah. Good moment! Good moment! That actually good was moment. very good, I mean. I think having the conversation, it's very important when it comes to these sort of, like, negative child-parent relationships. Say it's a situation like this, right? It's a situation where, like, the parent is clearly emotionally abusive to the parent. There are, like, some media and some writers would say, hey, you know... He's your parent, you gotta, like, reconcile, you gotta at least try to mend it, but those that are truly based will say, no, you don't owe him anything. Be better than them. That's how you rise above it. That's how you win. That's how, that's, 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 uh, that's, listen, okay, the beta mentality is, well, you just gotta forgive them even though they were abusive to you. No. The Alpha Sigma male mentality is rising above and recognizing that your trauma and your pain is real. Do not fucking settle for anything less from the best from people and love everyone equally except those that would actively harm you. The Archie Song Digest says, fuck bad dads. I feel like that message should have been clear considering how uh, <laughs> uh, more corrupted static here. Yeah, uh, and, uh, you know, considering the history of this comic and uh, shitty fathers and parents, two in particular. Uh, one, we can say the name of legally. The other, uh, we, we break his name up and, uh, you know, uh, we're going to get hit with 5,000 DMCAs. <laughs> I'm smiling. I'm smiling. Smile. Yeah, we're smiling. It's okay, guys. <laughs> he can't hurt us anymore. <laughs> we're free. We're done. We're done. We're free. Sariana says, how do we get out of here then? And of course, right on time, Chip shows up with a key card and a ton of frozen snacks, particularly popsicles, which is cute. Seems a little weird how they have frozen snacks in the Arctic, but uh, what, who am I to judge? <laughs> 
It will be difficult to escape, they say. The floor was left iced over on purpose. Rotor can move through the ice no problem, but as for Sonic, all I need are some stomping cleats as he transforms into the Werehog and as he breaks out of his cuffs at the same time. Everyone has been freed. Sonic grabs the two of them and they start making their way out. So we kind of have like an escape sequence scene. Rotor's fighting off some egg army mooks. They come across a polar bear robot, which I believe is from Sonic 4 Episode 2. Yeah, yeah, it is, it is, it is, it is, it is. And Sonic one-punch shots through its chest. Sick. So once they arrive to a hangar, their escape vehicle is a mechanized sleigh. Chip opens the hangar doors, and they all make their way out. They get back to the village, all safe and sound, and as a thanks... They give Sonic the sun and moon keys he's been looking for. They insist that, you know, we got the temple finding cover. No, don't you worry about that. Rotor says we are ready to get back to the Sky Patrol, the home away from home, as Tundra left in his base to clean up the mess left behind in more ways than one, really. So that's the end of that story. Uh, pretty good. Uh, you know, sometimes we like a little bad, we, we, we like a little uh, PTSD. Uh, we like a little, uh, we like a little shit post. We do a little trolling. We do a little trolling. Yeah, we do a little trolling. Uh, the, the bad dad incident, you know? Uh, some things we can't escape from, huh? Yeah, no, it's, uh, it runs in this comic's DNA for some fucking reason. <laughs> uh, uh, but let's not talk about PTSD. Let's talk about fun things like Dr. Eggman creating Eggman Land. Yay! Uh, welcome to, uh, Back in Business, uh, written by Ian Flynn and artwork done by Evan Stanley. It is the story B for this comic. So we start, Eggman is overlooking his schematics from his dream project, finally realized a combination of refineries, a theme park, and death trap all fused into one. Eggman Land. So we're going to be going to Eggman Land, obviously, later in the comic, but... Can we talk about Eggman Land the level for a second? Oh, Jesus Christ, what were Sonic Team fucking thinking? And I mean that in the most literal sense this time. <laughs> Going back and forth between, like, boost stages to Werehog stages. On paper, that was a good idea. On paper. The problem is that Werehog platforming uh, doesn't work without a drop shadow. And there was no drop shadow. So you had no point of reference to do Werehog platforming with. And when the level is about 20 to 30 minutes long on your first playthrough, yes, 20 to 30 minutes long, potentially up to an hour if you die a lot. Mm -hmm. It's not a good time. It doesn't help that they're very, they were so conservative with checkpoints too in that level. I know, it's uh... It's very cringe. I do have to say, though, uh, it is pretty cool that Eggman does, in Unleashed, get his his dream theme park, right? And we do get to finally explore it, which is, I will say, the idea of it being an all-in-one, like, home base, death trap, amusement park, like, it's, it's pretty cute. And in fact, even when Orbot questions, why are you taking time to build rides in here? He just says, well... It makes me happy. I mean, listen, we, 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 he's an evil dictator and a warlord, but hey, even, even, even those guys gotta have guilty pleasures, and, and, and Eggman really loves his theme parks. Who doesn't love a good roller coaster, you know? So, with that being said, Eggman also talks about the fact that the Dark Gaia energy from around the world is being drawn into the Death Egg. Now, in Unleashed, in order to prevent the world from being brought back together, Eggman held the final Gaia Temple hostage within Eggman Land. He also used it as a place to store as much Dark Gaia energy as humanly possible. 
for experimentation, most likely. The plan in this universe, this contextualization of it, says that the Death Egg will start siphoning Dark Eye energy as well. It will be supercharged and it's unstoppable. Orbothos says, well, man, it would already be supercharged if you didn't have your Egg Rocket Prison go off course and lose our one and only Chaos Emeralds. Everything else about that chap went off flawlessly, Cubeth then adds. Besides the escaping freedom fighters, you shut your face before I shut it for you. (laughs) (laughs) Ah, yes, classic. True, Sonic has gotten ahead in collecting the emeralds, but I've deciphered a lot of the Gaia manuscripts, so some of the temples have been secured already. Orbot then asked, have you found a way to break through the secured gates without damaging the temple inside? Well, no, but did I originally program you for sass? I believe that has to be a reference to the, like, fan nickname of Orbot's predecessor in Unleashed. Which was... It was, like, SA55. Sass. Yes, I I believe that was the fan nickname. Orbot says, well, you know, you work best in a competitive environment. My laziness is to give you a smug sense of superiority. Well, Cubot then asks, you know, uh, eventually attack that weird planetoid we found earlier? He means the Lost Hex, for the record. And also the projector he's using looks like a Dreamcast. Cute. (laughs) <laughs> Eggman says no it's, it'd be a good staging ground for conquest but it'd be a bit more pragmatic to focus on this world first besides I have a nagging feeling like I had something to use there but it's not showing up on my files well you know maybe the world didn't reset correctly back then uh whenever it was that happened Orba figures that means we're gonna end experience on the Genesis portals but Eggman responds well messing with space time causes too many problems in the long run Last time we did something like that, we lost Metal Sonic. That, and on the note, Orbot gets a ping. We found Metal Sonic. What? When? Uh, just now. The automated search found signature energies that match Metal's last transmission. Hold on, Metal! Pop is coming! So, Orbot attempts to now dissuade Eggman from using the experimental Genesis portal. But Eggman simply does not give a shit. Uh, I've been sitting up here scheming and directing for far too long. It's time I got my hands dirty again. For my empire! For science! And he walks into a distant abyss. Avoid in space. Only asteroids seen abound. Eggman sees the energy signature is so weak, so metal must be preserving battery or something. But then, Eggman's attacked by some kind of alien. Gets a point for getting the drop on me, but I got a way to fight back. And transforms the Eggmobile into the big arms. Yes, this is a pretty fucking sick transformation. I like that Eggman is reusing old uh, old ideas as a uh, precaution, so to speak. Now the big arm gets into a tussle with it, but the alien's still able to get one over on Eggman, rips off one of the arms, does the Hail Mary to call Metal Sonic, get us out of here. He receives a signal, but his power is at 1%. Flies toward Eggman, using his last remaining power to his burst shield, is able to fend the alien off, but is drained of power in the process. Eggman grabs metal with the remaining arm, flees back through the Genesis portal back home, and yells at Orbot and Cubot to close the portal now before the alien crosses over. So, it's shut off. Either way, that was a resounding success of an operation. But, unbeknownst to him, a signal goes off about an invasion in Eggman land. And elsewhere, we see a screen. Crystals starting to grow out of it. And of course, who could it be responsible but Walter Nogus? along with his twin sister, Wendy, calling for her lackeys, the Witch Carters, to do the next part. And in hand, Nagus has a shard of the Master Emerald. We'll follow up with that, but I feel like that last sentence was just like a three-hit combo. Yeah, so Walter Nagus, uh, which is referencing the name Wally, 
uh, which we got at the very start of the reboot when Nicole was talking to him. Uh, Wendy Nuggis, his sister? Mm-hmm. Okay. And a shard of the Master Emerald, which means that Knuckles is now going to be hopelessly involved in this conflict. <laughs> we'll see about that. But another thing that we missed was the Witch Carters. Wendy Nogus is the antagonist from Tail Sky Patrol. Oh my god. Wow. <laughs> we'll get back to that. I have some things I need to talk about. Uh, if you're, if you've been paying attention to, if you've been listening, you may have picked up with what I just said, but keep it to yourself for now. We'll get to that when we get to that. All right. So let's move on to Sonic the Hedgehog issue 277. Let's talk a little bit about, uh, the wolf pack. Uh, yes, they are, uh, Ian Flynn wrote and Bryce Thomas did the art. So we open in the Thunder Plain Zone as Sonic and Lupe are running together using a bound ring. Uh, and they're running away from their pursuer E-118 Tau. Okay. So okay. another thing to remember, Lupe is not an original character. She is from Sad AM along with her group, the Wolf Pack. There were some... There were some characters that were comic original that are no longer around because of reasons. But they're there. They're from Sad AM. Alright, so Sally worries that Sonic getting caught and on the run isn't exactly part of the plan, but Bunny says, nah, come on. Sonic's never stuck to a plan, but he always comes around. Though Sonic reaches where he wants to get to, Tao is still following him, which he has Lupe hold on in place and yank Sonic back as Tao gets hit by a stray bolt of lightning and is shocked and shot down. All right, cool, little unorthodox, but the wolf pack celebrates the victory. Though Sally says that that was way more reckless than the original plan, uh, Nicole comments if that was much less reckless than going into the digital world to fight Beige alone. Plus, the tactic was the same when you Sally shuts her off. <laughs> Not, we're, we're I don't argue with results. <laughs> owned, 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 owned. <laughs> oh boy. So Bunny opens Nicole back up. Saying Sally doesn't risk anyone's life except her own. One day you gotta recognize you ain't an acceptable causality either. Though with Sonic and Lupe, he asks her, you, does, this, does this happen to bring back any memories? She says they do. Bittersweet ones, honestly. But Chip thanks Lupe for her work today, but she says, no, no, I don't need any thanks. You and the Freedom Fighters have done more than I could ever repay. And Chip decides to ask about more details, so we got a little lore dump now, folks. Ah, uh, yes. A few years ago. Sonic and Sally were seen chasing after Eggman, coming across Lupe's village left in flames. Sonic was smashing badniks as Sally comes across Lupe. She says that everything has been ruined and nowhere is safe, but Sonic, our boy says, ah oh, man, Robotnik's off in the distance, and he decides to give him chase. But Sally just says, no, 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 please stay and fight the badniks, as he doesn't listen. The only one left behind is our boy Antoine, still, still a little bit of a... Little, little scared, but he manages to hold a badnik off. Sally says that this isn't going to work like this and asks Lupe, can you and the locals fight with us? But she's a little hesitant to do so. As Sonic bounces off Eggman's UFO, Sally tells Lupe that she understands what you feel. I lost my father, my home, my kingdom, but we got it all back when we stood up and fought for them. Lupe, though, yells like, I can't get my father back. But she assures her, you still have your people, a community. If you don't fight for them now... You might not get the chance to later, which leads Lupe to get up, shove Sally out of the way, and she steals Antoine's sword and smashes a badnik with it. Okay, it's kind of uh, it's kind of cool. It's kind of cool. Meanwhile, Sonic dodges a hit from a lightning bolt, and that gives him an idea. 
Sonic leads a lightning bolt to hit the UFO, causing Eggman to just give up and escape. I hate you, Hedgehog! Yeah, whatever you say, Robotnik. Stop calling me that. Ah, whatever you say, Eggman. He's got like one after the other with that one, huh? Yeah. <laughs> the the back and forth. The endless... The endless strife, if you will. Yes, of course, of course, of course. That clears up Eggman, but we gotta finish up with the badniks. Lupe says that there is a shelter where we go to during tornadoes, so everyone might be there holding up. Alright, so let's go. Lead me there, we'll defend the position. And then after the flashback is done, Lupe says after we got Eggman out of the picture... There honestly was no problem to rally everyone in the wolf pack to fight the rest of the badniks. They give me the strength and the courage to keep going. And for that, I'll be forever grateful. And then, Sonic bursts out. I'm gonna be real. I was a little shocked to see your name on the list of Gaia Temple Guardians. Why did you never tell us that? You never asked. It's a classic mistake. Ah. Classic. Ah. I see. I see. Sally mentions how Eggman doesn't really just go around deploying E-100 units, so she's sure the rest of the garrisons are being fiercely looked after in the other temples. But Lupe says, nah, it doesn't matter. They're in the wrong place. The ancients aren't stupid. They built a lot of decoy temples along with the real ones. Only guardians know of the true locations of the Gaia temples. And even then, I still staged the wolf pack to defend the fake temple, so Eggman thinks he found the real one. Hey, hey. <laughs> Giga brain. Bunny figures that Coral must be looking after one of the decoy temples. Sonic, either way, is just like, I, I don't know. I just run fast and I save the world. Explains the E100 unit ultimately, but Lupe says it's straight a long way from the false temple. Like it's searching for something. I don't know. But that leads Chip to call for Sonic, saying he found something that looks like one of Eggman's prison pods. Sally sees it. It was the launcher that held the Chaos Emerald they were looking for a while ago. Guess it went off course and landed here. But they look into it closely. Someone broke the glass and stole the Chaos Emerald. So now they gotta go look for it. Now, Lupe will offer to send the wolf pack to go hunting, as Sally and Bunny will go find it. But as for Sonic and Chip, they'll go get Lupe's Sun and Moon Keys. But it's all good. Sonic leads the way. We're going to have this planet fixed in no time at all. That's, yeah. That's the end of that story. That's cute. Yeah, that was a cute story. Cute story. Uh, you know, some classic uh, struggles of war. Uh, you know, I don't got anything wrong. It's all so. very, very fun. And now we move to our story B. Allie Baker wrote, and Evan Stanley does the art. So... This takes place, like, basically right after. Sally and Bunny have found the temple where the Egg Army has stationed themselves in. According to their tracker, a Chaos Emerald is there. But according to Lupe, this isn't the real Gaia Temple, so let's not fight them for this. They can have it. Getting in will be a little tricky. They have beacons which act as a security sphere. We can't fly over them. And even if Nicole disables one, it might trigger an alarm. But maybe she can disrupt it. So, Nicole gives the call. And Bunny and Sally sprint in without triggering the alarm. That leaves Sally and Bunny to split off in separate directions to look for the emerald. Keep it low profile. As unbeknownst to them, they are being spied on. Inside the base, a grunt notes about how Tao was disabled and another dude is slacking off. He's playing video games on a Genesis. Well, what a guy. I, I get it. He dealing with that input lag, though. He said he hit jump. My guy, that's what happens when you try to play on a digital screen with a fucking analog device, you motherfucker. Come on! Who taught you this shit? I mean, come on. Eggman's gotta have some CRTs lying around. Yeah, come on. For real. The egg bosses here, Clove and Cassia, are looking over something. But Clove goes to the slack off and is like, okay, what's up? And he panics. He's like, uh, there, there was a kind of glitch with the security system, but it's probably nothing. 
nothing. Cassia wants to go investigate by herself, but Clove wants to tag along with her, you know, bust some heads. But out of concern, Cassia stay behind and keep the soldiers on standby. I hope they won't be needed. So she goes off. Clove sees on the monitor some kind of weird ping. Again, the, the, the guy says it's just a glitch or an energy shadow. Doesn't really matter either way. So Clove says, hey, dude, if you're just going to play video games instead of working, the least you can do is beat my high score. Come on, 500 points away from A rank. It goes up to triple S, you know. Double May Cry moment. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so Clove wants to go check it out by herself, but Cassia said she's going alone. But I didn't say I couldn't leave. I don't want her to have all the fun, she says, as we see Cassia about to get the jump on Sally. And with Bunny, she's tracking the emerald on the Miles Electric to Aspire, where the emerald apparently seems at. And that is where she finds Clove. The two, they just look at each other, don't even say anything, and it's just on sight. Bunny shoots at her with her palm laser, something Clove says she wished she got. They fight their way up the stairs to the top of the spire, and they see the Chaos Emerald is there. Clove is not letting another one go from the Empire, and Bunny is not losing her second chance at getting this Chaos Emerald, and the two fight into each other. End of story. End of issue 277. Interesting return for the Wolf Pack. Uh, let's see how it plays out in Sonic the Hedgehog issue 278. Flynn and Thomas once again, the creative team. So we open in the arid sand zone. Uh, I'm sorry, I have I have to say it. Ayo, she got that Shamar Knight pussy. <laughs> <coughs> she do though. Yeah, she do. She do. Be, she 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 got that Shamar Knight uh, pussy. You know. Uh, I don't know. I, I've just seen that posted on Twitter several times, and it just makes me laugh like a fucking hyena because my brain is broken. So uh, whenever I think of Shamar and Arid Sands, I just think of that. So, <laughs> sorry. I mean, look, that, that Shamar Knight does go hard. I will say that. Yeah, Sh- Shamar Knight does go immensely hard. Uh, so yeah, we are in the Arid Sands zone as Sonic, Antoine, Ship, and Big... <laughs> have all appeared together to find the next Gaia Temple keys. They are fighting their way through Badniks and Eggman's army. Antoine and Big are able to hold their own pretty well, but they were caught by a Horde commander. Sonic's unable to get out of a tussle with a Mook until somebody runs past him, says, I've got your back. This guy goes in, spins against the commander Badnik, as another one karate chops the neck of the guy Sonic was fighting, and another guy burrows through the ground to take out a badnik. These guys introduce themselves. We are the area's resistance, or as the locals just call us, the Freedom Fighters. Ah, I see what's being done here. Uh Uh-huh. And so everyone introduces each other. Sonic sees that he's inspired some copycats. But then all of them realize, oh, wait, Oh my god, we're we're talking to the Sonic the Hedgehog. Holy shit, dude. So the leader's like fanboying a bit, saying, Bro, you you inspired us, you're you're like our guy, you really helped us to fight back and find the will to fight. And so they introduce each other. Spike the porcupine, Sonar the Fennec, and Trevor Burrow the Mole, who all take design inspirations from Sonic Tails and Knuckles. Yeah, they're all very cute. Trevor the Mole's uh, design is very much reminiscent of Boom Knuckles, which is, uh, I feel like, very intentional. (laughs) I also feel like him being a mole is a reference to the OVA because he was described as a mole. At least in the English dub. Oh, yeah. Hmm. Interesting. They decide to take their guy's help in. We gotta look for the next guy we need to get the sun and moon keys from. Ensign is his name. So they all go looking up and down the city, asking everyone they come across, but no one has seen him recently. 
when they grow back together. Spike says nothing as well. But Sonar comes down from a rooftop. Her spy skills have learned that Enson, he's been kidnapped to a temple nearby. Eggman's army are forcing him to do repairs. We don't really know why, though. Well, at least we know where he is. And so, we got a good old-fashioned rescue mission. Later that night, our boy Sonic's leading the scout team. Security is locked tight in the temple. And Spike and the rest of the guys are a little unnerved to see Sonic's werehog form. You're gonna... You're gonna have to explain this later, man. Well, Antoine was gonna mention that in a long-winded way, but Big cuts him off saying, Sonic breathed in Gark Gaia gas and he transforms at night. You are being the spoil sport. Oh, sorry, can I be on your team? Not that kind of sport. Jesus, Big. The plan is, the group was split in two. Sonic goes up high, sneak in from the room. Spike and the guys will go low since you guys know the area better. So Sonar, watch my back. If you guys get caught, sick big on him. No, no, for real though, he'll throw a mountain. <laughs> Inside, Sonar finds something. Big, go check it out. He walks his way through. It's just a rock formation. But unknown to them, there is a large creature infused with Dark Gaia energy sneaking around. We then move to the temple. Trevor can feel that there are some old footprints in the dirt. The army already found this. Let's be careful here. Spike and Trevor split up from Antoine to investigate. We follow Antoine. He's not having a problem with this. But I'm not afraid of the dark anymore. That that much. Ah, <laughs> uh, classic Anton. As a bunch of fire badniks uh, start popping up, Sonic attempting to jump a wall is caught by a bunch of searchlights, now fully surrounded on all sides. As Nephthys the Vulture, who the region is the regional egg boss, uh, says, "You're a long way from home, Sonic the Werehog. A pity you'll die here." So Nephthys has a very unique design: full face mask, cloak. Oh, she's a vulture. She's a bird. Her design kind of goes a little hard. I like it. Yeah, it does go a little hard. It's uh, it's it's very like edgy, but in like the cool kind of way. Yeah, not the other way the series is known for. Smile. Yes, yes, exactly. While that ends the story, we're going. We have a secondary story that continues from the last one we had. Baker and Stanley again, the creative team. So Bunny and Clover are still in their fight. Bunny says, "You know, I don't really get you army types. You're really selling yourself to Eggman just for some fancy robotics." Bunny pins Clove down and is about to grab the emerald, but she calls Bunny a hypocrite. What are you, a self-hating cyborg? She then elbows Bunny. What is it? You scared for a little self-improvement? Bunny gets a nerve struck. Self-improvement? I never asked for this. What, did I hit a nerve? Guess one of your arms still has those. A little fucked up. That's a little fucked little, up. Little, little fucked up uh, is an understatement. Yeah. Uh... <laughs> Bunny snaps back. She's pinned to the ground, but they feel a rumble. Quickly, and the floor collapses beneath them and just fall on through. Elsewhere... Clove encounters Sally in the ruins. Are you here for the Gaia Temple? To which Nicole quietly pings Sally, saying she doesn't know about the emerald. She says, yep. But then Clove says, okay, look, this is what's going to happen, okay? We're going to fight, right? Then you take control of the temple till Eggman orders us to take it back and leads to more fighting. No matter how this goes, there's just going to be no end to this conflict. So Sally just takes this to mean, are you asking me to back down? Why should I do that when the planet is at stake? Well, considering what happened at the mines, I think you're smart. A compassionate type of person, right? When faced with a bad choice, you look for a third option. You're presuming a lot of me. Like, assuming I'm here alone. You came here on your own, not knowing if I would just take you prisoner. True, and if I made a mistake, I deserve the consequences. But I came here because I thought you would hear me out. Was I wrong? Sally just does not respond. Yeah, I didn't think so. You're pretty confident, aren't you? Fine, we'll leave the temple alone. 
Glad to hear it, though I will admit while I was hoping you were as reasonable as you seemed, I didn't expect you to agree to this so readily. Like you said, the planet is at stake, so let me take another guess here. This isn't the Gaia Temple, but maybe I don't know any better. I suppose I'll just have to return to my post. This conversation is risky enough as is, anyway. Played like a fiddle. Yeah, and this is this is what's very interesting, is we're showing a little bit of complexity from Eggman's bosses, you know, maybe... Maybe some of them aren't necessarily on his side, which, you know, come to expect with someone like Eggman, I guess. Yes, uh, very domineering in that way. Before she goes off, Sally tells her that, hey, despite you working for Eggman, you know, if you want to just sit back and play ignorant, then maybe we can help you. By not involving my people? You are helping me. Goodbye, princess. Meanwhile, Bunny and Cassia collect themselves at the bottom of the hole they found themselves in. Bunny secured the emerald, but Cassia's leg is sprained now. And Bunny just chides her, saying that, yeah, don't worry about that. You can just ask Eggman for a new leg. That's one more selfish upgrade. And Cassia takes real offense to that, saying, what, was it selfish not to be sick all the time, just so my eyes and ears can work again? Was Eggman really the only option? Oh, oh, yeah, no, I could have just gone down to the local cyborg store, yeah. Okay, sure, what were my options? You don't know anything about me. Yeah, you're right, I don't. Bunny herself was roboticized to save her life. Would have given anything to go back to normal. So honestly, I don't understand why someone would do it willingly. Bunny apologizes. What can we do to get out of here? If I tell you, will you give me the emerald? No, but I'll help you walk out of here. Well, then I don't want your help. Well, your sister's gonna freak out. Okay, fine. These old tunnels are storage, but because of rage, we sealed off sections we weren't using. If you bust out, you'll get out eventually. So they get up, walk, Bunny supports Cassia. When you got your cybernetics, Cassia asked, how was it like? Bunny says it was pretty tough. Had to learn to walk all over again. Just thankful I had my friends to see me through. What about your family? No idea. My friends are my family, really. She then asked, well, do you need any special medicine to get through it? What? No, I... Don't remember. I don't think so. And then murmurs to herself, really, I do have some garbage luck. But eventually they get to a storage room. Bunny intends to just leave Cassia here. Someone will come get you eventually. And then they hear shouting from above, not to move. Cassia then takes the emerald from Bunny, shocked to find Grunts discovered her. Cassia says, hey, would you look at that? You were right. Someone would eventually find me. That's the end of that comic. Definitely interesting what they're doing with sort of the parallels between Bunny and Sally and Clove and Cassia. Uh, it's it's pretty unique. I, I, I like it. These are very interesting characters. I would like to know more, you know? I would also like to know more about them. They seem pretty interesting. So let's finish with our final comic of tonight, uh, Sonic the Hedgehog issue 279. Flynn and Bryce Thomas. Wow, Adam Bryce Thomas has been doing a lot of comics lately. Yeah, good for him. His his art is really good. It's it's Sonic art, but it does have his own little personal touches here and there. It's very angular, his art style It's is. angular and detailed, and that's something I like about it. So we open with Sonic fighting off yet another Egg Army ambush, hoping at least everyone else won't be bothered with this. Antoine is shielding himself from a badnik throwing flames, swipes one away with his sword, which knocks it back into others in a chain explosion. Clears the way. So Spike and his team come to Antoine. They heard him scream, but... He's fine. Unfortunately, now the army's gonna know we're here, so we gotta find Ensign before the Egg Army can. Meanwhile, some Dark Gaia monsters attack Big, but he's no holds barred. He holds them back and literally squeezes the life out of them and they poof away. Incredible. He's just simply built different. 
What the fuck? Sonar was a little worried for Big. Chip wanted to go help him, but they reach him and our boy's perfectly fine. They heard Sonic's fight with this egg army though, so Sonar wants to go help, but not with these monsters on our back, so Chip's got an idea. Let's lure the monsters into the temple, let the badniks deal with them. We can sneak around. Meanwhile, Nephthys takes the fight to Sonic, and she chastises him, saying, You being here only makes things worse for all of us. The more you fight us, the harder Eggman reacts and pushes us. Sonic thinks, Oh, is this your way of asking for a surrender? Because that's, that's not going to happen. No. But she says, Eggman can't be stopped. We either live in his empire, or we die in the fallout of your feud. Or I kick his butt and we all live happily ever after. You, you can thank me later, you know. Mm, interesting, interesting, uh, little discussion point made there. Interesting dynamics at play here. But, uh, meanwhile, Antoine, Spike, and Trevor, they find Enson, he's okay. Does say that the curry they've been giving him is pretty bad, though. Trevor warns them, he's sensing an egg army approaching, along with, what is this? And they see mooks being chased after by Dark Gaia monsters, one of which points attention to Antoine, so, uh, Spike takes care of it leading Sonar, Big, and Chip to come from behind. Rescues a go. Big rips the bars off Anson's cage. Let's get out of here. Leaving Chip to go find Sonic and let him know we're all good. While Sonic has Nephthys on the ropes, using his stretchy arms to pull her out of the sky and yank her down. It's pretty, that's pretty funny, honestly. Yeah, no, it's, it's cute, yeah. <laughs> Chip comes in saying, all right, we found Anson, he's secured. So Sonic takes, okay, time to go. We can have our political talk another time. And she shouts to him, you are dooming us again, you stubborn, arrogant, <laughs> yeah, 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 whatever you say. See ya. Later, the team brings Ensign back home, and he gives them the sun and moon keys. But unfortunately, I can't get back to the temple for a while, but thanks for saving me either way. Sonic says, nah, don't worry about it. All we did was get shot out. It's thanks to these guys that you were saved. Spike then thanks Sonic for the help. I hope we can link up again sometime soon. Sonar asks Antoine if there are more keys they're looking for. He says, well, you know, that's that's sensitive information, you know. But Big quickly says, no, we need four more. Why do I even bother? Okay, the Freedom Fighters take their leave. Spike's squad, you know, walks the other way back to their little base. And, well, they call Nephthys. And they say, hey, is everything okay back at the base? And she says, nope, yep, it's all manageable. No surprise Sonic disabled what little semblance of power we have in this region. But she tells them, don't worry, don't don't apologize. You guys warned me well in advance about Sonic being here, and you led him and his team into traps. You guys did everything right. I was the one that failed. Sonic showed up, wrecked everything we set up here, but Neff thinks we can salvage what little power we got. I'll tell Eggman and let him know how many Gaia keys are left. Maybe that'll cool temper a bit. So, they all call off. Be safe, Nephthys. Same to you. We will keep this region stable. Okay, so when I first read this, my, my brain was firing all cylinders here because we have a very interesting dynamic here. Yeah, it's kind of interesting how, uh, you know, it's like, oh, they're fanboys, that's cute. And then it's like, wait, no, they're actually looking to try and, like, run a proxy war, essentially. A fake resistance, so to speak, to keep Eggman's eyes off of Nephthys. But yeah, it's interesting. They, ha I, I kind of am interested in the relationship here, like what is their relationship to her? Because when I first read it, it had like the vibe of just like, you know, maybe they're orphans and Nephthys was like their old caretaker. So they don't have the will necessary to fight her, but they're willing to like 
play the game, if you will. The game. And it's it's funny we bring up the game from so long ago because uh, Nephthys is getting a call from Dr. Eggman uh, and answers where he promptly yells, whatever it is, save it. I need you on the death egg now. You're to take part in a priority one mission. We'll get back, we'll get to, back, that. back to that. Yeah. Yeah, next episode. But that's the end of that story. And we move on to uh, Hidden Cost Part 3, uh, Aaliyah Baker and Evan Stanley. Bunny surrenders. Kostya's got the emerald. Her leg actually is, is hurt, so that was for real. The grunts are surprised to see that Kostya found an emerald. And now she asks, what are we going to do about Bunny here? Uh, Well, you did help me back out there. So how about this? I'm going to be magnanimous. Magnanimous. Yeah, yeah, that. I'll let you go. But I'm going to keep the emerald. Well, that's awfully generous of you, Bunny says. But fortunately, the planet does still need to be saved. So Bunny charges in, creating an energy shield to protect herself from laser fire, pushes the grunts and Cassia down, takes the emerald, flies away. Then the grunt is about to shoot her down from the sky, but Cassia pushes the gun down, saying, Whew, that was pretty bold. Eh, let her keep the emerald. Obviously, she wants it more. Besides... Eggman doesn't even know it was here. Let's just say you guys didn't see anything. Yeah. Yeah. And then my sister probably won't even need to know about all this. As Clove runs across them, worried and everything. But Kasia says, no, 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 no. I'm fine. I'm it's all good. Until she suddenly collapses. So Clove tells the boys, you got to get her up, get her inside. And they all thought she was doing a lot better, too. Then Bunny comes back to Sally with the emerald. I found it. It's a long story. I'll tell you later. Sally says, are you all right, though? Yeah, yeah, just a few scratches, but it's not what I meant. You seem kind of, kind of sad. Bunny then tells Sally about how when she went undercover in Metropolis Zone, you know, meeting with those people in the Egg Army made me realize that a lot of people that side with Eggman are greedy, power hungry, both. But then there are just people out there who are just, just desperate. Sally finishes. Look, I hate to think that after all we've done, there are still people who think they don't have a choice, but all we can do for now is to just keep moving onward. Then eventually they arrive back to the Sky Patrol. We've got the Emerald, and Antoine rushes into Bunny. He's concerned that he, that she's hurt, but no, 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 I'm, I'm okay. That's when Cream and Cheese also come in saying, all right, we have all seven Chaos Emeralds now. We can save the world, finally. Antoine thinks this is the time to celebrate, and wants to go into the kitchen to make something. Cream wants to tag along, as does Bunny. But Anton tells her, no, 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 you go rest and recover. Unbeknownst to them, the Tails doll is hiding in the vents and captured that they all have the Chaos Emeralds now. Yay, fun. Drama, conquest. But we're not done yet. In the Egg Army base, we see Clove calling Eggman. And she's asking, hey, how come my sister regressed like that? I thought this medicine was supposed to help heal her. But Eggman says, well... I did say that, but I lied. The cybernetics did restore some functions, but it never healed her. I don't even know what's wrong with her. I'm not that kind of doctor. This treatment's not supposed to help her. It's just to keep her from getting much worse. And if she stops taking it, well... Cassia is very shocked. Why did... Why would you... Did you lie to me about this? Evan says, oh, come on. I know you only joined the Empire because you saw me as a means to an end. Rather than taking offense, I like to make... I like to make a game out of it. Now, now, don't look so glum. She's better than when we first met, right? She'll keep receiving her treatment so long as you keep serving my Empire. And Cassia just slums into her chair. Yep, I, uh, I understand. 
And Eggman ends the call. Uh, can you say fucked up? I could say fucked up. Oh, it gets worse. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It gets way worse. <laughs> <laughs> Clove goes to her med bay. Kasia's hooked up with an IV with a little Eggman logo on it. She plays it off cool. Uh, it's been a while since I fell on my face right that. You know, guess I do need this for a while longer, right? And Kasia comes in to hug her. As Clove says, hey, you know... You know, once we're done with treatment, right, we can we can break off from Eggman, you know, she says, and this whole stupid empire, right? And and Clove has like this this scared look to her face and hugs her tighter. Yeah, yeah, we'll we'll definitely leave. We just have to wait a little while longer. That's the end of that story. That's the end of two seventy nine. That's the end of all of our comics today, and you know, all things considered, pretty, pretty strong episode. Universe was fun. The stuff we were introduced to in the main book, also very interesting. What's your favorite bit today? Honestly, I really liked the bad dad stuff. That was great. I thought that the uh, inner conflict, Clove and Sally was really good. Uh, I, I I really liked the silver stuff too. It was a solid episode. Lots of good stuff. Uh, just just a good time overall. Yeah, classic. And hey, what a great start to get us back off Worlds Unite, huh? Just we keep the ball rolling, I guess. Yeah, we do. We do, we do, we do. Uh, I loved especially the the dynamic between uh, Spike and Nephthys, too. That's something I want to keep my eye on. Because definitely yeah. that could be that could be mined for a lot more content for the long-term future, can't it? Yep, absolutely. Yep, the very long-term future of this comic. We'll see you next time on the Archie Sonic Digest, where in Sonic Universe, folks, who doesn't love an Eggman arc? I love an Eggman arc. I love Eggman arcs. They're great. Yeah. Last one was pretty great, too, you know. Oh, yes. We'll see you next time for more of the Archie Sonic Digest. Thanks for tuning in. See you next time, guys.